Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas. Today we have another incredible guest joining us from Dallas, Brian Fisher. Brian, pleasure to have you here today. How are you? I'm great, Dallas. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Cool name. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't choose it, but I do like it. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about your book and your website as well, Soil and Roots. And so before we dive into that, just tell us a little bit about who you are, your faith, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, my name is Brian Fisher. I call myself a recovering corporate executive, spent most of my life in the corporate world. And I'm one of these guys that doesn't remember a day without Jesus. Um, when I was six years old, lying in my bed in Erie, Pennsylvania, I, uh, knew enough to know that if I decided to follow Jesus, I'd go to heaven one day. And if I didn't, uh, there was a different alternative. And so Mm -hmm. I, it was a pretty easy calculus to make as a six-year-old little boy. And then when I was probably 13 or 14, I was at our church and there was a Sunday night service and the guy preaching, his name was Ray Zimmerman you know, preached a sermon that just sort of spoke to me and gave an altar call. It meant a lot more. I realized the depth of my sin and kind of understood what Jesus had, had done and was doing. And, and, um, I guess you'd say recommitted my life or, or it meant something more at that age. But, you know, I have what's called a blessedly boring testimony that that's the entire story of my journey to salvation. Uh, since then it's, it's had lots of twists and turns. My life has been much different than I would have thought, but I, I actually don't remember a single day where, where I wasn't trying to follow Jesus. That's amazing. I wish we could all have lives like that. I wish my son can have a life like that too, and not have to experience the world like I did and then make that decision after that. And let's go into soil and roots here. So it says here, digs beneath the surface of Christianity, of cultural Christianity. So break that down. What kind of led you to start this soilful roots movement and let's dive into that surface of cultural christianity i think that's interesting the way you worded that well i mean i've been in evangelical protestant churches now for 45 years so there isn't a whole lot i haven't seen or heard or done Mm -hmm. and in 2020 our family went through a very difficult professional and personal time and that frankly set me back you know i began to wonder if all the things that i had believed and learned and taught and some cases preached were valid. I mean, how could life get that screwy for, you know, a guy that's been serving Jesus all of his life. And so that sent me on a pretty, you know, it was a difficult time. 2020 for lots of people wasn't a good year. It wasn't a good year for us either. And I, uh, I ended up going back into the word and then I picked up ancient texts from early church fathers all the way to 
neuroscience today, what, what's going on in the human heart today from a scientific perspective, all in an effort to answer the question, why is the modern church not really forming me anymore? And I came across a book called The Critical Journey, which was written back in the 80s. And it the- it's a theory. It just theorizes mm-hmm. that our discipleship journey can be split into six stages. Wow. The first three of which the modern church is amazing at, and that's being introduced to God, evangelism, learning about God, statement of beliefs, and then engaging in a life of service, you know, working for the church. You're an elder or a Sunday school teacher or going on a mission trip, whatever. But the modern day church stops there and stages four, five, and six, which are more difficult and deeper and crazier and more chaotic. The modern church really doesn't know what to do with and doesn't serve the Christian well. And I discovered I was firmly implanted in stage four and didn't know what to do. So I started the Soil and Roots podcast that turned into the ministry, which eventually turned into the book, into the book, all of which to try to explore the deeper ends of discipleship, those right. last few stages. And can you break you know, those two, last couple down for us just so we can put a name to it? Yeah. So they theorize that stage four is called the inward journey. And it's always accompanied by what they call the wall. The wall is a crisis. Yeah. It's the deep work where, you know, I mean, Calvin and others call it double knowledge. Our ability Mm -hmm. to know God better Mm -hmm. is somehow tied and dependent on our ability to know ourselves and our own story better. I had never heard that 45 years in Protestant churches. I had never heard that. So the wall is always some sort of unfortunate catalytic experience of diagnosis, a relationship fracture, a betrayal, a theological crisis. And at that moment, we have a choice. We either do the hard work of going inside and looking into our hearts with the Holy Spirit and some friends, or we bounce back, we go where it's safe in stages one, two, or three. And, you know, in some cases, people just, they deconstruct, they say whatever. So the inward journey is a time of tremendous introspection and contemplation. That leads to stage five, which is the journey outward. We're starting to manifest Christ's love in self-giving ways. And then stage six is a life of love, which is, you know, Jesus and Paul and Peter and maybe some of the saints whose names we're familiar with that just, you walk into the room and you see Jesus, like you just Mm -hmm. feel it, you know? And it's not like we go through these stages in a linear fashion. It's not like a race to get to the end, but I think they did a good job of describing in general, how we move in that faith journey. And so for me, the wall was a was a was a tipping point a crisis in my life for sure and you know i i did and i'm continuing to do the deep work of introspection i think that's a great point because i as you're saying this i've never heard those words put together in that way before but i can identify that in my own walk with with the lord and i did inside of teen challenge as a student at 18 19 years old i did face the wall myself i did have to deal with those things or deconstruct as many people do and i saw both both of those things i saw people do that and i saw people find healing and experience the truth of Jesus. And that's what changed me eight years ago. And I'll never be the same as I was then because I think I passed through that and dealt with those things. God, where were you? And God's like, I was there, man. I was with you the whole time. You were never alone. And then you kind of deal with those things. As you said, that's, that is interesting. And so you have the Soil and Roots podcast, book, and website there, the things that you're doing. And so what is your purpose for this? So all of those things that you're saying are amazing, but what is your goal with this? This movement that you're doing part of the research that i did and in study into discipleship and what can be called spiritual formation is mm-hmm. it, it requires five elements five characteristics that 
we all experience in any formative environment, your marriage, early childhood, college, the military, we all experience the same five things, time, habits, disciplines, a deep community, intimacy, transparency, and instruction, time, habit, community, intimacy, and instruction. And so if you look at the early church, the early church is just littered with those five things. Those five things epitomize and describe the early church in the first couple of centuries of Christianity. They describe almost every formative experience. If you if you have a daughter and she wanted to become an Olympic gymnast, guess what? You're going to place her in a community that features time, habits, community, intimacy, and instruction, except if we're talking about the modern day church. Hmm. In the modern day church, we typically experience discipleship in very fractured bits and pieces and parts that don't really come together in some sort of formulaic way. And so we began to test the idea of, is it possible to basically recreate or restore the five elements, those things that were so embedded in the early church? Can we actually do that in Western society? Time, habit, community, intimacy, and instruction. So, you know, nine months ago, 10 months ago, we started beta testing a new type of group, a new type of community. We call them greenhouses. And we meet together for three hours a week. And it's not a Bible study. It's not a sermon study. There are specific things that we're pulling from ancient church history and modern times for the purpose of becoming more like Jesus together in a very tight community. Mm-hmm. And the how vision many, of Soul and Roots... Eight in ours. Yeah, it's four to 12 is recommended. Yeah, we have eight in ours. And it's and some of them are virtual. I'm in Texas. We got some folks in different parts of the country. But it has been the most rich, formative, rewarding community experience I've ever I've ever had. Right. And I think it does a decent job of trying to model what the early church and Jesus modeled. And the vision of Soil Roots is to use the book and the podcast to educate, but then to help form and support greenhouses all over the world. That's that's why we're here for the purpose of engaging in that, in the deeper stages of discipleship in conjunction with the regular church and the, you know, and your, the church body, which is great, but we need something to help us in those, those later stages. You're listening to the faith and family fellowship podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you living to your fullest potential? Do you feel restrained by trauma, shame, fear, or past failures? God desires for you to be set free today. He has a plan and purpose for your life that is far greater than you could ever imagine. Fierce and Free is a must-read guidebook for women who desire to live with purpose and impact. Find your copy by visiting kellymaster.com backslash books. Discover the power of faith-driven marketing with Jesus Revolution Marketing. They're here to amplify your message as a Christian artist and boldly share Jesus with the world. Their specialized services create an online presence that shines His light. Ready to transform your impact? Visit www.jesus-revolution.ca and let's revolutionize your ministry through the digital age. Jesus Revolution Marketing, where faith meets marketing excellence. And from your research, what do you think stopped the, the heavy discipleship in the church. Why don't we see this as much? Well, that's a multi-pronged answer, but, um, you know, I have several pastor friends who I speak with and, you know, this might be a little jaded, but they would say the modern church only focuses on stages one, two, and three because it pays the bills. Mm -hmm. It keeps the cycle going. 
And when you get into stages four or five and six, the systems no longer work because to do the inward journey, to do the outward journey is very personal. It's very customized. It's very time consuming. It's very messy. And we live in an age where, you know, certainly not every congregation. And again, I love the local church, Mm -hmm. but it is designed for sort of the basics and not necessarily for the people like me who, and you who hit the wall and say, I need a, I need a deeper experience with Jesus. I need a deeper connection with him. Mm-hmm. I need a deeper connection with myself and with those around me. And I think, you know, we live in such a productive, efficient, high paced society that, you know, it's been lost to history. Yeah. Wow. Some interesting thing that I experienced, as I told you, Brian, I was a missionary in Brazil for five years and my wife is Brazilian and I, I didn't speak, I didn't leave Brazil speaking fluent Portuguese. I speak enough to get around and do what I need to do. But as I was going to church, either I was going to the service or I was preaching the service. When I was not preaching, I didn't understand everything, a lot of it. And I had to feed myself through the week. Mm. And so that took me to not rely. I went as a young man, I had to feed myself for the last five years. My spiritual mm. walk depended on me getting in the word, me getting a fresh, fresh fresh revelation, me listening to a message online or you know, devouring the word. I couldn't rely on the pastor. And we need the pastors. I'm, of course, we need that. that. I'm not saying that at all. But it put me in a unique place with God where I had to search for my own food, right? And so I'm so grateful for that. God taught me to seek him because I needed to seek him, not just because it's the normal routine type of thing. I, I need to be fed. And so I experienced this and I'm so grateful. And I wish so many other people could hit the wall, as you're saying, because that, I think that's what it stuck for me, you know, is because I hit the wall and because I passed through with the Lord. And so I think what you're doing is amazing. And I've heard a lot of people with these home church type, what you're doing, it's a little bit different in their style, I think, but Mm -hmm. I love what you're doing. I love this idea. And so if we could just break it down a little bit more, what do you guys talk about uh, with the early church stuff? If you can give us some more idea there. Yeah, sure. So we practice four habits as we meet and and our group meets twice a week for 90 minutes each. Uh, so one of the habits is reflection. So we are going back over the previous week's discussions and contemplations and saying, Hey, what doubts have been raised? What questions Mm -hmm. have been raised? What, what's Jesus been speaking to us about the week, about what we discussed over the past week. Uh, then we have exploration that, that would be your, you know, probably akin to your instructional time. We, We basically go through the podcast episodes. The podcast explores what Dallas Willard called the great omission which is the lack of discipleship in modern Christianity. We explore that together and then we we go through some questions about it. So that's exploration. And then we practice soul care. Uh, uh, the Wesleys perfected this back in the 1700s. Um, how's it going with your soul? How's your walk mm-hmm. with Jesus? Every week we ask that question of ourselves and we very vulnerably and transparently share that and walk through that in a safe environment. And then we practice different spiritual disciplines. So we pick something that we want to practice as a group. And then each week we come back and we talk through that. So it's those four things, reflection, exploration, soul care, and spiritual disciplines. And, and what isn't there is there's no sermon. Uh, there's no hymns. There's, it's, not, it's not really a church. It's a formation group mm-hmm. coming together in very earthy ways. And as you can imagine, the dialogue, the exploration, the discussion, is just extraordinary as we've gotten to know each other and come to love each other. And I think all eight would say they are legitimately becoming more like Jesus. We're, we're learning to love like he did, does, 
and we're learning to do the things that he did because we're intentionally coming together in community for that purpose. Yeah. And how do we get a part of this group? I mean, how do we join? That's I think that's the million dollar question everyone's asking as they're listening today. Oh, just head to the website, uh, southernroots.org. Um, the podcast itself is great. I, I would start at episode one. It's tempting to start in the wherever we are now in the 80s, but it's sort of a it's sort of designed as a way to get into the flow of what spiritual formation is and to understand deep discipleship. But on there, there's all kinds of information about greenhouses. There's information on the book. There's 80 or 90 articles, 75 articles about spiritual formation and how we can grow to become more like Jesus in community. And then uh, there's a form or an email address. If you're interested in forming a greenhouse, just reach out to us and we'll hook you up and we'll start the process. Mm-hmm. I want to go through as well some of the mis- misconceptions and the the barriers that people face when they want to join a group like this or being vulnerable. You know, well, how can we overcome this and be a part of a group like this, be transparent and really see the change? You know, it might be a surprise given sort of our modern day preoccupation with you know, multiplying in the Western mindset, but it's best to start with people, you know, you know, if, if you're a couple and, and you have a great friend, great friends that live down the street or are part of your church, you say, you know, we want to go deeper. We want to explore deep discipleship. We want to be formed. Um, that should be the first call. And maybe you find six or eight people who you already know, or through connections, you find some folks, who know, each other. Uh, you know, you're going to spend the first two or three months as a group sort of feeling it out and determining whether or not it is a safe, trusted environment. Uh, and that's normal. That's good. So I have always advocated just start small and start with whoever's already in your circle. If the Holy Spirit wants to multiply and wants groups to break off down the road, that's great. We have no requirement for that. We're a fan of lifelong friendships, too. Um, we think that if we were more intentional about making disciples, evangelism would sort of take care of itself. The multiplication would happen. And so, um, yeah, I think it's it's intended to, to start small. And the nice thing is there's a facilitator. That's the person who kind of organizes the group. There's virtually no work. As long as they can ask good questions and they can, you know, find the exploration questions, they don't have to study. There's no you know, prep work, really, it's just a matter of facilitating really good dialogue in the, in the formation process. And we, we provide some support for that. So uh, the, the, the barriers are entry are probably time. Some people freak out and like, oh my gosh, three hours a week. Well, just add up how much time you spend on social media or watching TV. Seems. You probably have the three hours. Um, and, and getting through those initial few months of just sort of feeling each other out because it is so different than what many people experience in a traditional church setting. Mm-hmm. Which is probably a good thing, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, that's probably yeah, it depends. Thing. I mean, there's some wonderful churches and some, yeah. you know, churches that aren't. And again, we want to work with the institutional mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'd be great if a church came to us and said, hey, we want to do greenhouses in our church. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, in our case, in the group that we have, it's like a parachurch. It would be like a Bible study fellowship. It's people from different mm-hmm. churches that are coming together. And that's great, too. Yeah. And do you have any numbers on how many members, how many groups that you guys have right now? How oh, long ago tiny. did you guys start this? We started the first one nine months ago. We have um, two or three others that are in process, but we are a brand new organization. I mean, this is like beta test. So whoever's going to reach out to us, got to be a bit of a little, little bit of a pioneer, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. trying something that hasn't been explored and we're looking for a few people that are willing to spend some time doing some work that, that maybe others haven't done. But yeah, no, it's, it's fun, man. It's infant stage. It's a good time mm-hmm. to be involved. Yeah, it is a good time. 
That's amazing. I'll say one more thing, Brian. I don't want to take away from everything you're saying here today. I hope to add to it with this next comment. But for me as well, I gave my life to Christ at 12 years old, you know, and then I became a drug addict shortly after that, right? Mm. However, when I went to Teen Challenge, it's a discipleship program. The first time in my life I was discipled. And I think that's what changed my life. That's where I really, truly experienced God. And I went to missionary. I went to be a missionary in Asia and in Brazil. And we got lots of souls for, for Christ. It was amazing. Tons of salvations. But it didn't fulfill me the way that discipleship does. Because that's what changed for me. The discipleship part is what changed for me. And that's why I came back to the States. That's why I'm going back to work in a Christian discipleship program. Because I see the same thing that you're seeing. That everything happens in the discipleship phase. Because someone can make that decision on Monday to follow Christ or follow make that decision on Sunday and then Monday comes and temptation comes and there's no foundation right back into the world, right? Discipleship right. is where it sticks. And so I'm I'm so on board with what you're doing. And I think that more people should have this vision. And so, Brian, thank you so much for what you guys are doing with this. And I hope that it grows to worldwide because this is so important. And I hope that the church sees this. I hope that our listeners today see this and want to take part in it because this is where it happens. This is where the change happens is in discipleship. So thank you. Anything else you want to share with us today for your time or, or something you wish we would have talked about about this topic? Well, just to resonate with what you just said, I mean, Dallas Willard actually said that genuine discipleship looks far more like an AA program than what we typically experience in churches. Hmm. So in your case, where you had an addiction and you're involved with a wonderful ministry, uh, that that describes everybody to some degree, not to the severity of what we would, would consider destructive addictions, but he was right. Um, so when you think about what happens at an AA meeting, uh, that's not just for the person struggling with something that we would label as an addiction. It's actually for every Christian. And I'm, I'm convinced to your point that we get a little bit aggressive about making converts. I would argue that if we were as aggressive or intentional about making disciples, we'd have far more converts. I think I think we have it backwards. I think if we were genuine disciple makers, we wouldn't have to worry about. And that's what hit me because process. I thought I was not being fulfilled in the way that I thought I would right. getting souls for Christ because it was awesome. I had a great time. I met my wife there. I have a son from Brazil as well. We preached the gospel, but it didn't fulfill me the way that discipleship did. And yeah. it clicked for me. And I'm so grateful that, that I get to come back and take part in that. Me and too. So, it's awesome. Brian, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And one more time, where is your website? What is the name of your podcast? How can we find you, your social media, all of those things? Because we want to be able to connect with you. Yeah, that's great. The website is soilandroots.org. It's real easy, soilandroots.org. Uh, you can search for the podcast on whatever platform. It's just under Soil and Roots. And if you want to check out the book, you can find it at the site. But also if you go to Amazon and search for my name, Brian Fisher and Soil and Roots, you'll, you'll find the book. We just released the book couple weeks ago so it's brand new it's a great primer if you just want to get your feet wet on what we're talking about here and exploring the deep end of the faith it's easy to read 175 pages you can read it in a day but it'll give you a great overview so those are those are three great three great places to start awesome thank you so much if i can have you end our time with a prayer for our audience that would be wonderful yeah sure Gracious God, we are so deeply grateful that you call us not only to be converted, mm -hmm. but to join the radical revolution that is your kingdom, and that your kingdom is a cosmic kingdom. You are right now making all things new. You are right now putting all of your enemies under your feet, mm -hmm. and it is a thrill and a privilege for us to be a part of that work. Uh, we're not always conscious of that, but that is what you've called us to do. So my prayer is for every person listening, watching, enjoying this wonderful podcast, that you would continue to stir hearts and minds 
not simply to kind of go about our normal day to day, but to begin to see and experience you working through every iota of life for its restoration and its redemption. And Father, we know that that process actually comes through the Great Commission, through making disciples, people who want to become more like Jesus, not just to have great belief statements, not to just do Christian rituals, which are wonderful, but whose character is being formed in the likeness of your son. You know, that involves suffering at times and sorrow at times. But my prayer is, Lord, may we go through that together with you and with others in our communities and not alone. And so that's my prayer, that we would become people who are so desperate to become more like you, mm -hmm. that we continue to form communities to that end. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.